0: Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You're about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma City real estate market. This is your fresh weekly report on housing conditions in Oklahoma City that will enable you to make smarter investment decisions and gain insight on local trends. And your next move in real estate with this fast, vital market news to aid your next real estate adventure. Landon is a genuine, self made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. He's top rated by sites like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and Homes.com. He's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, property manager, and residential broker who's worked with clients from all over the globe to help achieve their real estate goals. This program will help you gain the much sought after hyper-local information that's vital to making real estate decisions, whether you live right here in the city or across the country. Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Here is your host, Landon Witt, with this week's Daily Market Update.
1: And welcome to episode 100. I play for you, longtime listeners. The first episode that was the introduction uh, three and a half years ago when we started doing a podcast to talk about market news. Um, It originally started out as kind of a weekly thing the first month or so until a weekly thing about real estate Uh, facts and figures and stuff just wasn't, you know, it didn't update enough every week. So um, I wanted to do something special for the 100 uh, episode and we had different guests and different things that I wanted to do. And then I really thought about it and I realized, you know what, this show originally was about stats, figures, what's going on, news and things. And so I kind of wanted to just spend the 100th episode talking about those facts and figures. But before I get into that, for those that are on the podcast uh, that, that have listened, that know a little bit about me, and really, if you're an investor that listens to a podcast about investing, right, you're in it for the long game typically. okay. Some of you are Stumbling across the internet and you're looking to buy your first home, and that's great too. I enjoy working with you guys. In fact, actually, most of my income comes from primary occupant residential home buyers. Um, that's just generally what. Oklahoma City is about, is is regular people buying regular homes, which is kind of why it makes it an attractive space for investors as well. And we'll talk about that and how that's evolved since the 2018 beginning start of this show till today, September 15th, 2021, uh, when you guys are perhaps listening to this. So I want to jump in for those that are watching this on the YouTube channel, uh, which you can go to OKC Real Estate Show on YouTube, or if you're just driving and you're listening on the podcast, we're going to talk about this um, in in a way to where it's meaningful without seeing it. The first thing I want to get into is this transition over the last 12 months. And this is a heat map that RPR, which is the Realtor's Property Resource, it's a, it's a it's a benefit available to the licensed agents. So if you're a licensed agent and you have an MLS account, you can log in to the RPR and go underneath the map feature. And one of the map features is the 12 change estimated value chart. That's what I'm looking at here. And one of the things that this does is it takes the algorithm of the real estate um, Uh, CoreLogic platform, which is what the appraisers use, actually. And it was really a precursor to Zillow's estimates. And it takes that that Zestimate, if you will, but we're calling it a an estimated value. And it measures how that system has adjusted over the last 12 months to give us a 12 month change in the computer's prediction of the market value. And I personally find this very Useful information because it tells us what computers have analyzed the market over a, an extended period of time and where are trends likely to occur in the future. So right now I'm looking at Oklahoma City for those that have seen earlier episodes, we have the four quadrants that I break Oklahoma City into. That is i35, which turns into 235 as we go through downtown. this is our middle axis. What is that? The x-axis, y-axis? I don't know. It it wasn't too good at math. Although I'm good at math. It's weird. I'm good at math, but I failed math class. Um, But, you know, I had some girlfriends. So I guess that counts. So we got uh, north and south. Let's just do that. And then east and west, or east and west, west and east. And this is our four quadrant, the northwest side of Oklahoma City being quadrant one, northeast side being quadrant two, Southwest quadrant three and southeast quadrant four. I want to look first at the northwest section because that is locally considered the you know uh, wealthiest area and up and coming and and that's where you want to go if you, if you want a nice safe area, which statistically. Is not true, but it's it doesn't. It come to find out after hundreds of transactions, I realize that this business is is not very statistical. It's more public, you know, opinion, public opinion. So we measure that more than these stats. But look at this. So the blue is estimated change of value. As we get into Northwest Oklahoma City, we're looking at about ninety percent is above the two point five percent inflationary metric. So. change in value this system considers to be a you know a, a no win that's just keeping up with inflation we have some pockets as we get towards i40 so when you're looking when you can visualize as you're driving or or riding a train right now and you're going where is he talking about in oklahoma city we're talking about along i40 from i40 between i35 and i44 right along there this is our downtown core all along oklahoma city boulevard and all this we've got a negative Change in estimated value. Okay, we've had an influx of homeless population. We've also had a lot of commercial deals going down. Um, we've had a lot of um, not necessarily foreclosures, but a lot of sales uh, that haven't really pended yet because this. Total downtown area is really not um, gentrified appropriately yet. So a lot of opportunity for still some off-market deals, things like that, along that I-40. Just understand your risk in these areas, northwest between I-44 and uh, 35 you've got right there on the south, a lot of chance for, for theft and those kind of things. Moving north, look at this. Northwest 10th and north of that, we are into that 5%, 6% appreciation, some going up to 18% appreciation as we get into darker areas. Plaza District, having some transition in the east side of Gatewood. Let me zoom out again. For whatever reason, if I zoom too far in, let me see if I can get back out. No! here we go. All right. Now we're seeing the east side of Gatewood for those that have invested in the Plaza district, the east side, look at that 12 month estimated computer algorithm change in value at a negative percentage going as far negative as 10% loss of value on the east side and largely due to a lot of high end properties on this Northwest 16th. Okay. Just North. So like North McKinley, North Douglas, uh, listing for a high price and not getting them, sitting on the market a long time and selling out for a lower price, that automatically triggers that algorithm as well uh, to adjust. It's not just going off of closed sales, but how long stuff been on the market. Shepherd Historic District, not doing too well, staying static the last 12 months. I've personally sold a few properties this last 12-month period in the Shepherd Historic District, which is like 23rd and Penn, between Penn and Villa on Northwest 23rd. This place is stalling. I don't really know why, other than some of the homes do have quirky layouts. And that was some of the feedback that we were getting during our feedback was this Shepherd Historic District basically doing a stall. West of that, now now granted the, the the one caveat is again, we had some very aggressive real estate agents listing higher than what the market could support, and then not selling same thing going on with Sequoia up into Venice. We see this I mean, it looks like a little bit of a rainstorm going on here uh, of negativity <laughs> to be honest negative- I mean, it's what it is. this is what the data's pointing to Venice, Sequoia, Shepherd estimated it stalling staying the same if not going backwards in estimated value changing with south of northwest 30th east of denison park cleveland booming cleveland is up and booming again anything over three and a half to four percent is booming for oklahoma city statistically we are a linear low cap market which means our value, low cap, low capitalization, low capital, fancy word for cash, low expense, linear, as in we don't cycle, we don't go up and then crash down, we are linear, and we're going to look at those facts um, on the podcast today when we look at uh, some of the charts here. This is total techie time, uh, getting into these numbers. West, look at this, West Lions Park, man, stalling out as well, which makes you think that, that 23rd, Northwest 23rd, really had the Renaissance, but we were really south of there, Crestwood, Las Vegas neighborhood, Miller neighborhood, although Miller neighborhood really, you know, when we talk about south of 16th, not too much activity on there. Really, your key factors were Crestwood, Las Vegas, west side of Gatewood, south of 16th is where our huge appreciation occurred south of 16th northwest 10th pennsylvania and northwest 10th some of these call it south of 10 pen 10 pen this area was a explosion of value over the last 12 months which really started two three four years ago as people started saying i would pay attention to the 10 pen area Okay, there was some builders that got involved over there, even building new construction next to 1920s homes. They were building 2019 builds, 2020 builds, driving up the uh, look and appeal of the neighborhood. Now, these areas still have a lot of transient traffic here. Okay, a lot of transient traffic. And as you can see, there's west of Penn as you start to get. What is that? South of 10th? You're you're back into that, uh, you know, uh, negative value, more urbanization area where where it's 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 um, commercial kind of structures. We go west. Let's go west of I-44. We may just stay this entire episode on this map <laughs> because it's so interesting to see this this data. I wish Zillow and Trulia would would and Redfin and all these big data giants would release their data to the to the. To the padwans and not just the big investors that buy their data. Look at this, staying pretty stable west of I-44. This is that Steve Pennington, okay? Pennington one, two, three, four. There's a lot of two-bedroom homes, three-bedroom homes. These suckers were $80,000 in 2018. Now 120, 130. Can't find anything under a hundred thousand. Windsor District right over here looking good. This, Northwest 10th, as we're moving towards council, booming. Big change in estimated value. Briarwood Estates, Greenville, Manwell Acres, Northwest 10th council area coming up. Good area to watch. This typically was mm, 120, 130, one-story 12, 15, 1,800-square-foot homes, two-car garage, 1980, 1970 builds all along here. Okay, now that, if we move north, look at this. Estimated value along northwest 77th. I mean, you really got to get the YouTube version of this if you're on the podcast because it's, I mean, it is. We're looking at Storms of economic increase hitting Wilshire Boulevard, Northwest 77, that's Broadway, okay? This area was a ghetto, okay? And I mean ghetto as in like, you're gonna get hurt, okay? And that's just, that's not based off of demographics or anything like that. That's just based off of crime heat maps where you overlay crime right over the top of that. In fact, we probably should do that Um, where you can, where you can see, um, let's see. And for those, it's just Oklahoma city crime map. It'll pop up. Um, let's see, here we go. Boom. And then we're going to look at, you know, this is going to break it down by crime. Um, I'm going to go analytical layers here, density map. And if you guys want to know more information about how to fix this, um, uh, you know what? We're going to get into that. Well, we'll get into that later. Um on a different show or something. I've got, the. it's a really cool feature, but you it only breaks it down into individual burglaries and things like that. And we don't have time to go through all that. But I wanted to just basically trust me that this area had a higher than normal crime rate on the east side of the village. And this is a town called The Village and then you're east of the village, but we've had a resurgence. And this is really due to lack of inventory. These people that purchased these primary occupant homes and investment properties were purchasing properties in these neighborhoods because typically they would have bought in the village or they would have bought other places, but the village really didn't have a lot of turnover. We didn't have a lot of inventory going on this last year. We had some sales, but not anything crazy. Didn't have enough going on, so we really stagnated. We didn't have a lot going on. We did get above 220000 We're now over the 220 price mark in the village. We that was a hard, um, you know, limit that we had for a while for people that lived in the village. They weren't really even getting over 200 in 2018, 2019. We started kind of seeing above 200, and now we're above 220 in a lot of houses. Uh, Moving over here, we've got some small changes northwest of Lake Hefner. So if you're looking at the chart, northwest of Lake Hefner has always been a very stable, older neighborhood. Okay, this is an interesting, it's a longer drive to work. It's people that really committed to where they live. And we might see that change as we get more remote workers and things like that. But traditionally, this area has really stayed very stable. We look at that again, the white areas being 2.5 uh, into the light blue areas being 3, three and a half, four, 4, which is typical of Oklahoma City, Okay. That's pretty steady. Um, Moving into uh, the south, uh, you know, central, we talked about that. Southwest side of Oklahoma City, this is kind of my new favorite area. Um, Southwest 25th Street, Southwest 25th, uh, this would be Pennsylvania between Southwest 15th and Southwest 25th. We saw into the 10, 15, even 20% appreciation in some areas this area has become a hot spot for flipping and then renting uh, but you got to be careful cuz your rental metric is around $800 a month so when you're buying properties you're buying them at 60-70 putting 10 20 and renting them um, this is a largely just based off of demographics alone largely hispanic area of town okay and and so you've got um, you know, a lot of tenants that want to live in that area may be Hispanic on your applications. So, but as we get to Capitol Hill, still seeing a negative decline in value and largely due to just the crime. Man, you're watching TV. People are shooting everybody. Literally. Another dead body found in the street today. Police are investigating. I mean, so you that impacts... How much someone is willing to pay to stay in an area and the people that are on their way up, right? They're on their way up and out of areas of high crime. So if we if we look back and we kind of see these areas here really east to southeast, southwest into southeast, a negative depreciation and we've got pockets again south of 240 we're now south of 240 approaching moore the town of moore stable and it's been stable this is no surprise we're we're stable a three a four percent appreciation small areas of depreciation but relatively stable moore has experienced a lot of growth in population recently. They also have really nice um, family-centered uh, facilities for swimming and parks and, you know, public amenities for bathrooms and things like that at their parks that other that Oklahoma City does not have. Um, I mean, we've got some of the aquatic centers, but they don't do near as well of a job and the the uh, the hours of availability that they're open is is different and more it's more um Definitely more, I would say, family-centered and more practical than Oklahoma City. And with families, families stay put because you've just got a lot of stuff going on with kids in school, with other things, uh, things going on. You don't you, packing all your stuff and moving to a larger house is not usually something you look forward to unless you really got a good reason. Okay, really nicer home lot more square foot. And right now we're not seeing that availability because of the stagnating um, in, uh, salaries. You know, we don't see the salaries increasing. Uh, we can talk about that on this episode, but probably not. Just take my word. The the salaries are, are flatlined. We can, You can get out into all these other areas. These really are not very accurate. El Reno coming up in um, if if you've looked over there, El Reno's coming up. And Lawton is is a lot of people have gone down here. Um, Lawton is a is a wild card for sure. Let me see Newcastle and into the blue. Where are we at? Lawton. Here we go. Lawton on the charts, southeast, gaining in value. These are for your farmers, agricultural. All in all, nothing too impressive. This is a military base here. Nothing too crazy. This is going to be uh, rental property, but not a whole lot of trajectory. Lawton's still extremely dependent on the military, okay? And obviously, no one's sure what the military is going to do um, uh, in the future. We, we don't know. That is a real guess as far as the bases. Um, where are we at time-wise? You guys cool with this? You want to keep going? Sure. Sure keep going. You can pause or play this later, whatever you want to do. Um, this is um, informative stuff. I'm going now switching over to InfoSparks. This is the MLS's syndication into a graphical representation chart form of data throughout the MLS. And we're two weeks into September, of 2021 we're approaching into the fall so we like to kind of see where we're at so what i do is this is a five-year look on the median uh let me get to our sales price the median sales price over the last five years and see look how linear this is actually quite beautiful from a investment um, stability standpoint Um, each one of these colors as we're looking we start off at uh let's see 167,000 five years ago in the Yukon area, and now we're 233. That's an 11.4% increase over the five-year period. Uh, Oklahoma City holding in an average of 6.1% a median, and Edmond in at a 12.5% increase and more at 11.4%. When we stretch that out, over the five-year period, now we're going to look at the one year. This is the change of median sales price. Um, we've got Yukon coming up just this last year, eleven point four percent. Oklahoma staying steady at the six point one. Edmond twelve point five, and more eleven point four percent increase in median sales price. What does our month supply of inventory look like? Well. Yukon went down this last year, 28% supply of inventory. Oklahoma City as a whole just down 7%. Edmond down 37%, 37 37.5% in inventory and more stayed the same in and out of the year. Now let's go to that five year. Okay. And really, let me just do max, which goes back to, I think it's 2008. Yeah. So 2008, this gives us some perspective on where the month's supply of inventory is. And we like to look at that because let's not forget our basic supply and demand metrics. The more junk you have available to the market, the less it's going to be worth, unless you brainwash people. If they can get their hands on it readily, it's, you know, water and it's free from faucets, you're going to have a hard time selling water, right? For a high price, because anybody can get it anywhere, assuming all the quality is the same. So our inventory kept dropping and dropping from 2016 to 2020 and 2021. This is why I kept telling people, don't freak out because of COVID, because we've been watching this inventory drop from 2017 all the way to 2021. It's not until after COVID that we see a consistent gain in value. Now, let me caveat that with our gain in, in, in uh month's supply, supply of inventory. Now, we've already leveled off to a degree, so we can't say this is an increase that's perpetually increasing in, in inventory. But when I look at the one year, this is decrease of inventory till we get to May. Then we get into June, we have an increased supply. July, most of our markets, most of our cities around here, we increased supply. And finally, we wait for the numbers at the end of August to come in, and they were the same as July. We had flatlined. Now, September will show. That'll be October 1st. We'll talk about this on the show. Have we gone up since August? Because August is flatlined from July's available amount of homes citywide to to August. we're, We're flatlined. No increase or decrease relative. Will that be the same as we go into the final numbers of September? If it's the same flat line or it has increased in in supply of homes, that is your cue for investors who've been on the sidelines that it is time to start paying attention to where our sales price is going. Okay. So we look at the five year. Here we go. We have this peak, but look at this already, already. Want to look at the one year from this is Yukon. Yukon, what are we at? We were at 244 end of July, 233 end of August. That's a median, guys. That's taking out all the crazy wangos, pricing up high and pricing down low. It takes them out. Boom. Same thing. Well, stagnates. Oklahoma City, 202 in into July, and now we're 203. Just a small increase. More into July, 187, growing up to 192. So Moore's holding steady. Yukon, watch that. Watch that metric in Yukon. We wanna watch them close. Those that have been waiting for Yukon's metrics, you can look and see there. Going up, Edmund. Edmund staying strong, 298 into July, 311 end of August. Why? Why do you want to go to Edmond? Well, maybe because Edmond looks what you would think a suburb looks like if you're coming from someplace like California or Florida or New York. And you want a nice little American suburb? That's Edmond. That is Edmond. Not all parts of Edmond, but a lot of the parts of Edmond. And so if you couldn't afford that, you could go there, and there was still some... Uh, properties there that were still affordable that have now transitioned out of that affordability index let's look at our price per square foot same metric holding steady days on market still rock bottom rock bottom three four median days on market gentlemen ladies and gentlemen this is where you get the, oh, I'll just go for sale by honor. Yeah, and get crushed on stuff you don't even know about in terms of inspections. All kinds of goofy, silly stuff buyers come up with. Crazy demands. We got to negotiate through this. We're looking at what is your net at the end What are you getting at the end? Focus on the net and also focus on principle, right? You don't want to sell somebody a house that is dangerous, right? If you have a safety issue, safety violation, we we want to go through these, okay? I don't really see anything more I really want to talk about on September's numbers. Shows per pending. Yukon was up 15% this last year on amount of showings. Oklahoma down 12% on amount of showings per listing. Edmond down 2%. Moore down 10%. Yukon seeing that supply go up and seeing that, you know, amount of shows per listing going up. That's interesting. We'll have to look more at that. More people touring homes, less people, you know, more supply coming on. But yet the the sales price holding where it's at or going down be interesting to see. So we're going to, we're going to talk about Yukon in the coming episodes. Other than that, if you want to get in touch with me, you want to talk to me about cool stuff, like buying a home for your family and how to do it and actually make money doing it at the same time, check out either okcreal.com, which is my primary gig, right? That's my, me as a real estate agent. There's a contact page on there. You can schedule a, uh, uh, 30-minute with me. You can schedule an hour with me. It's a totally free session. Schedule that on there, and we're going to talk about how we can get you into a home in Oklahoma. If you are an investor and want to do the same thing, you can talk with me on okcrealestateshow.com. You can look at that. So if residential, okcreal.com, or an investor, okcrealestateshow.com, and you can also sign up for alerts in there uh, for news and things like that, or you can just check the website and subscribe to the YouTube and keep watching that. But the important thing is this: we're not talking about emotions here. We didn't. We, we talked about public sentiment. We talked about what neighborhoods feel like in crime-wise, but we looked at the numbers, right? And that's really what this show and my real estate career has always been about. Is here's the numbers. Here's the stats. Here's the figures. Now, what is it that you and your family need? What do you need? Do you need that barbecue uh, you know, area outside? Do you need that bubble bath and jet tub? And if you do, that's important. And we want to make sure that's important. And at the same time, we try to figure out how can we make it to where the family comes out at the end making the life that they wanted. Are you going to hit the target that you want? And and better yet, this is something that we talked about uh, earlier this week with some uh, us, some customers. It's actually the, the, the most happiest people are not those that actually achieve their goals, but people that set a goal or an expectation and then are achieving the steps towards that goal. That's actually the happiest ones, right? Is that you've set a goal and you're working towards that goal, which is why if you don't have a goal set up, A lot of retirees, they don't have a plan. They just retire and they get depressed and they're alone and they get sick and they die three years into retirement. I think it's because you haven't set a goal that you're working towards, right? Even scriptural, you know, you've got, without a vision, men will perish. These are important things to know. So one of the things I want to help you with when you call and you schedule your consultations free is that we talk with one another about where are your goals? If it's just to make another billion, million, I've got guys, but oh, we, we just want to invest and in, we got to make more money. But why? What is the reason in that you, why? Where's your goal? And what I find is once you develop that strategy of where you or your family want to be going, it's amazing how out of the marketplace we find the properties that are needed to make that happen or the property that's needed to make that happen. But it starts with those goals. OKCRealEstateShow.com or OKCReal.com for a residential home buyer. Thanks for watching episode 100. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit OKCRealEstateShow.com.